Hi guys, to the two, three people that are going to check this podcast out. <laughs> uh, my name's Tony, and welcome to Tony Talks, episode number one. <laughs> no, that's not what this is going to be called. And I want to talk about The Last Jedi, because there's been a bunch of news about it that's really been frustrating to read about, and I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. So let's get into... Probably an incredibly biased, big fanboy, super nerd review. To anyone who hasn't heard me talk about movies before, I like movies a lot. And I really like Star Wars. And I really liked this new movie, despite all the controversy around it. I'm probably more on the critic side of viewing things. And I do not like the audience feedback. We'll talk about that. And just, I'll give... My brief thoughts about that, a spoiler-free review, and then a spoiler-heavy review, and I'm going to talk for a while. I have a feeling that this is going to go on for a long while, because I got a few pages of notes here, but we'll see. But generally, I loved the movie. I really enjoyed the character building for most of the main cast. Uh... Having just watched The Force Awakens a day before, I went to go see that. I, I saw Force Awakens on Friday and then Last Jedi yesterday on Saturday. So it just kind of flowed into one another. And I really enjoyed all the character building that happened for like pretty much the whole cast. It took a bold new direction. really felt like a breath of fresh air where it didn't follow as much as episode set like you know episode seven force awakens really followed that no new hope episode four type of construct where there's a big super base and all it, it follows almost the same story beats but does its own interpretation of it this really took its own direction and i really like that about it uh it was able to be its own movie in this established universe and all the risks that it took I personally am all for and I understand that a lot of Star Wars fans are being very vocal and butthurt about it <laughs> and um, I think it was really satisfying uh, just this movie it really added significant value both as a Star Wars nerd with all the new force abilities that was kind of used uh, the amazing amazing choreography for the fights like holy cow i'll get more into that for probably the spoiler section of the review but the fights in this movie are so well done i just have nothing bad to say about those and all the character growth and relationships with one another like all these characters and how they interact with one another they really dived into that more and We'll get into that, but first I'm just going to address my biggest criticism. And it's not really of the movie, it's the audience response. Uh, I'm really not a fan of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's a video for another time why I don't like it, but... <clears throat> uh, just <laughs> seeing the critic rating being really high, which is usually the one I have the problem with. But I'm like, this time, like, no, that makes sense, 92% is probably fine. Or 93 now, I'm not sure. But the audience is really low. It's, I'm pretty sure, 56%. And I'm like, no, the movie is not that bad. Have you seen a movie that's 56%? That's, that's a very mech movie where there's nothing great that happens. There's nothing bad that happens. It's just mech. 
Those are probably the worst type of movies in my opinion. And to label Star Wars in that category makes no sense to me, especially this one. And the fans I'm hearing, it's like the complaints I'm hearing is it's too different. And there's like a specific story arc, which I understand the concerns for that. I understand. But to knock it down that low makes no sense to me. And all the fans that are complaining about when episode seven came out, a bunch of fans were complaining how it was a reskin of episode four. It was too repetitive, was following almost the same story beats. And now this movie does things very differently and now it's being penalized for that it's like it's not enough like the original trilogy it's being more repetitive it leaves me asking where's the line what how do we what will please these fans (laughs) it's like nothing's going to be the original trilogy and you can't compare everything to that and it's really frustrating just to see that and it's like this movie existed both in the universe and was able to do its own thing which was just really creative i really enjoyed that and the fact that the audience is like limited in their minds these movies potentials by always making it a comparison and like comparison to the original trilogy and instead of viewing it as its own thing is really limiting the the really just the goodness that is this movie and I understand that maybe your theories were proven wrong. Mine were shot down. But I loved everything about that. And I probably will get more into that when we get into spoilers. But I have a feeling that this negative blowback is from a very loud but vocal minority of Star Wars fans. Who just want everything to be connected and start... Like, again, I'm speculating. I'm probably, I could, I'm probably wrong. I'm usually not right about things. But just taking this one plot thread which wasn't the best and calling it the worst movie ever. I don't I just don't understand where this middle line is. Where can we get that? Where can we get that good movie that vote that everyone's going to love as being a new thing and not trying to compare it to the old movies. And another complaint I'm hearing is that this movie's been Disney-fied and I don't know if I can agree with that 100%. There's some PSAs the movie tries to throw in there and like again the porgs are super cute which i'm i don't know i'm a sucker for cute and funny things so maybe that just i was okay with it but a lot of people are like oh it's like the ewoks or whatever uh i think it's fine and i don't really think you can call it a disney movie just because there are some crazy action sequences that come up later and i'll come back to that again later but just off of that i don't understand this negativity and where it's coming from and what can it be fixed to make that better do you just want everything to be connected is that what it is i don't know but either way i'm just going to jump into my spoiler free section of the review uh but starting off the spoiler free section of the review i'd really recommend going in blind try and avoid as many of the reviews as you can even if it means avoid listening to this that's fine but i'll just briefly repeat what i said uh why i really like this movie i loved it again uh the characters were all great every one with the exception of probably one or two characters was further developed and more stakes were put and more relationships were built up between characters that was really well done the choreography and the fights and even some of the space battles are just visually 
poetic. They're really cool to watch and they're amazingly well done. The plot points that happened in this movie really feel like a breath of fresh air to the franchise that we haven't had in a while. Literally, probably since the original trilogy, since the prequels were <laughs> a topic for another video. Um, I feel that the twists and turns and reveals were great. Uh, those were really well done. And just leave now if you have to. Go see it. You don't need the 3D. Uh, but if you can go see it in theaters, you should absolutely. Because there's some crazy big visuals that might be wasted on a smaller screen. But yeah, just go in, go see it. Uh, now I'll just go a little more into the spoiler-free details. But I might give my opinion of the movie. And I don't like when opinions are skew skewed. Or biased because I do have a biased opinion and this movie's good uh, some of the really great character relationships I mentioned that like are really well built just off the cut off off the bat I'm gonna talk about Kylo and <laughs> Kylo Ren and General Hux and they're like they work together but they also have this hatred of one another that's just really like clever and almost realistic and you can see like they both don't like each other but they have to work together and the little back and forths they have was really well done i really liked their relationship the pettiness and sass they throw at each other i really love the pettiness and sass of everyone in this movie there's a lot of it both for the good guys and the bad guys make that a negative if you want i always love some <laughs> extra drama uh ray and luke like the lot you see them at the end of the force awakens they meet up they obviously continue that and they build up their relationship and luke is probably the coolest character to come back to after all these years like we got to see leia a little bit got to see han a whole bunch but luke is like this really broken down man who tried building up something that didn't work and now it all blew back in his face and we see that there's an opportunity for him to redeem himself and he's scared and fearful and he's still very much luke he's not just grizzled old man who doesn't want to do things he still is really just luke who's been through a lot of crap and his and ray's relationship is really awesome and i wonder if it'll continue going forward into the other movies we'll see not entirely sure but i'm interested uh ray and kylo ren the good force the or yeah the good force and the bad force and we see they both struggle with the light side and the dark side which was really cool to see how they both struggle they both have their own viewpoints and how they struggle and how they approach the situations and it's and having these three-dimensional where they both are tempted through the light side and dark side they both have their temptations and it's how they both approach their viewpoints of the force is really cool and it creates more character tension and there's great moments with the two of them throughout the movie uh and i just really liked seeing that poe was great he was i really liked him in force awakens i feel like they could have done more with him and they now they have done more with him and showing that you can't just be 
the hotshot pilot that he was in the original movie. There's there's more to being in the resistance than that. And seeing that unfold in this movie was really cool. The one real negative character relationship that people have been throwing at this movie, and I didn't think is it was at like I did I can see it as a minor gripe, but not nearly as bad as everyone has been saying it is is the here, just one second. And we're back. Uh, the the characters of Finn and Rose. Uh, Finn was the we've seen him in the last movie. He was really cool, and he comes back in this movie a little bit different of a role than we would expect. And he meets up with this new character Rose, and although their relationship isn't the worst i feel like it could have been done better or something else could have been done with the character that's more of a spoiler topic but yeah it was all right those are just some of the relationships that are really cool and individually all those characters really well done and we got to see more of all of them the fights the fights in this movie is probably the best hand-to-hand -hand combat and the most vicious we've seen and best choreographed in a star wars movie yet and that was fantastic to see. Like, I want, I'm going to go see it again as soon as I can. <laughs> and that is something I'm just going to be in awe of all over again. Uh, the way the Force was used has literally evolved the Force lore of this universe. Uh, tons of Wikipedia, Star Wars Wikipedia pages are going to be talking about new abilities just from this one movie alone. Like, I got so hyped when in episode 7, Kylo Ren stops the blaster bolt. I don't think that's a spoiler anymore. It's episode 7. And he stopped that. And I that I was screaming when that happened. So literally everything that happens in this movie is a level up above that. So I was freaking out. I apologize in advance to anyone who was in the same theater as me. Because <laughs> I had some moments. Uh, the ship fights in this movie were also just crazy. Not the level as the ending of Rogue One. <laughs> crazy, but because, well, the circumstances in both the movies. Rogue One was like almost a full rebellion. And this is a much, much smaller resistance than we've seen compared in the two movies. And even then, there are some super clever and inventive strategies that the resistance used which were spectacular to see on the screen and the way this movie escalates and builds the tension was so well done and i think that is one thing that ryan johnson the director handled really well just building up the stakes and escalating and pulling on that tension it does an amazing he does an amazing job of that and it really keeps you in the moment and keeps you guessing at how this will progress forward and I think that's pretty much all I can say without going really into spoilers. Uh, if you're expecting a rating, I'm not too fond of numbers and ratings. So just take the opinions and hopefully the excitement you hear in my voice and factor that in. If you're a nerd, you literally have to go see it. If you don't care about Star Wars, uh, watch episodes 4 to 7 and then watch 8. <laughs> Uh, and that's pretty much where I'm going to end my spoiler-free review. I'm going to give you a few seconds if you don't want to hear spoilers, because I'm really going to dig into spoilers. So that was my opinions. If you want to go see it, go see it. 
pause this podcast, come back to it, listen to my thoughts now that you know what happened in the movie. And I'll just give it a few seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to start talking about spoilers. Starting now. And starting from the beginning, I absolutely loved the opening crawl. Like those paragraphs that come in the beginning and the fact that this movie happens right after episode seven is perfect. Like after watching episode seven, I realized that the ending of that movie is the First Order knows exactly where the rebel base is. So once their star killer base, their planet that shoots the giant Death Star lasers is destroyed, they know exactly where to go. And so you see the rebels or the resistance, they're packing up, they're about, they're trying to get out of there. But, and in, in the opening paragraph is like, and now they're literally going to get attacked. And the movie starts off with the first order just showing up and immediately attacking them. And it was awesome. Uh, it sets the stakes really well of this high pressure, almost no time chase scene we get. And essentially what both episode seven and eight, you see it takes place over a period of days. Unlike some of the older, the the original trilogy I don't think takes place. None of the movies take place that close within each other. And I know in the prequels, they absolutely do not take close to each other. So this trilogy so far, and including the ending of this episode eight, we see a very tight tension a really high escalate building <laughs> trilogy where everything is taking place in a really short period of time which I always like I don't know I'm a fan of tension and escalating the stakes in short periods of time sometimes it's unrealistic but again it's a movie so I give it slack if it's not like it's Star Wars I don't expect it to be the most realistic I, I just expect it to be logically consistent and the way they've established the first movie, some of that logic, it makes sense, so you can still keep doing that. Yeah, I just really like that. So I don't think we're going to get a big time skip either for episode 9, so I'm just super interested where this is going to go forward. Uh, but yeah, so after the opening paragraph and the, re the First Order shows up, we get a... We get a small war, like ship sequence, space battle sequence, which was a pretty solid start to the movie. And we get a jump to light speed. The resistance tries to escape. They jump to light speed and get out of there. And immediately after the first order shows up and you get the and you get and you find out that they have tracking technology through light speed, which is flipping huge. And side note, this trilogy has been establishing this light speed technology that's going on that is amazing. In episode 7, we get Han Solo light speeding out of a ship, which is like, <laughs> he warns, like you hear before how dangerous that is, and he does it. And then later on in the movie, he light speeds into a planet's orbit like within kilometers or miles of the surface of the planet which i thought i thought those light speeding things were already cool but now in this movie we have tracking through light speed and we have some other light speed tech <laughs> that i'll get to later but it's just i wouldn't be surprised if there was a new super weapon or powerful technology powerful technology in episode nine that was like light speed based i think 
<laughs> just like the, the the nerd side of me right now would love that and i if that happens i called it <laughs> and with this basically this light speed so that it tells the resistance that they literally couldn't run away anywhere if they wanted to because they're being tracked and they are almost out of fuel and it sets up the rest of the movie which is a ridiculously slow chase but i love at how again like i said this movie really builds that tension it really escalates this like plot really well and so here we get a super slow chase and leading from this we get probably where the biggest complaints of the movie come from and that's the finn and rose and the whole everything is associated with that that whole arc and i don't i'm gonna try and not go through every story beat that happens but this is where a lot of the complaints for disneyfication comes from with the although the messages are like totally true and valid like anti-animal abuse with those dog horses and how war profiteering is bad all very true and real issues which i also support <laughs> i mean you know like i am against animal cruelty and against war profiteering but if this is a topic that's going to be explored in a star wars movie or just any movie in general those movie those need to this shouldn't be forced into a side story they need to have their own like literally whole movie to talk about it like animal cruelty like netflix just came out with that movie okja i still haven't seen it yet but like you get those topics in full-length movies and just to shoehorn it in to the side story which is already like people already complain that it takes up a lot of time and it really does break the pacing and when you look at the overall plot of the movie the whole finn rose side story does nothing for the film like i love finn but that whole sequence almost does nothing and it does break up the pacing but i would consider that like a minor thing just because the what i did really like about those scenes was the adventure aspect of seeing new planets and I'm always a sucker for world building, or in this case, galaxy building. And it reminded me a lot of like Knights of the Old Republic. It's like an old Star Wars video game from 2004. <laughs> long time ago. Uh, but whenever in that game you go to a new planet, you get to explore, you get to interact with the environment, and you get to get that world building and we get to see some of that applied into a movie which was really cool like the prequels tried doing that but they did it really weirdly and you get moments of it throughout the original trilogy but the original trilogy does is very plot driven it's like the plot comes first before the world building which i also agree with but i just like seeing other parts of the star wars universe as much as we can and the one thing I am really excited for with Ryan Johnson as a director is he's going to be hopefully still. I know a lot of people didn't like this movie, but I still hope he stays on as the director for the new, the next Star Wars trilogy that's going to happen. Because that's not going to be related to Skywalkers. It's going to be its own thing. And I think that could have some serious potential. I would love to see what he could do if he has a full reign over a trilogy beginning and not just stick him in the middle movie 
which is a lot of times the hardest part. Like, yeah, this, the, the middle of any story is always the trickiest to work around because some people, because everyone knows how it's going to start. Everyone knows how it's going to end when it comes to like producing a story, making a story. Like the beginnings and the ends are the easiest, but that middle part is really tricky. And so Ryan Johnson had a really hard task with this movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I think if you give him a full trilogy to work with, he could really do something special with the Star Wars universe. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can understand why the whole Finn exploring like is a downside to the movie. I personally liked it. And you get some great BB-8 moments uh, through that story because he follows them around takes down the prison guards all by himself and then later you get to see him operate an ATST which was I I liked I liked the jokes in this movie. People are complaining that not all the jokes land similar to Thor Ragnarok, but to me I think all the jokes in Thor Ragnarok landed and all the jokes in this movie landed no matter how childish or whatever they were. I liked a lot of it. I was laughing a bunch. But then the movie also has, like, I don't know, there's a really good balance of everything in this movie. This might just be also initial hype, because I only saw it yesterday. But I really liked it. Hate on me. I'm a sucker for cute and funny things. So when Finn and Rose do their whole mission, they get onto Snoke's ship, and the whole thing leads up to the hypest hyper speed, light speed <laughs> attack ever. So I mentioned earlier, the light speed tech in this movie really levels up. This scene was awesome because we've heard how it's dangerous to go into light speed without knowing exactly where you're going. And here we get to see what happens when it when a thing going from light speed colliding into a giant ship in this case. So... Now, you guys have seen the movie at this point. <laughs> Basically, I don't need to explain what the circumstances are, but that scene when the Vice Admiral just light speeds into Snoke's ship and just destroys it and everything goes silent. That was probably the loudest I screamed in the movie at how hype that was. <laughs> and it splits it in half and it looks amazing. I kind of want that as a screenshot. It looked so cool. And just... That builds up to Finn, the rest of Finn's story where he gets to actually fight Captain Phasma, which I thought was a cool fight. People are like, Captain Phasma is still as useless as she was in the first one. I don't think so. We just needed her to do a cool fight. She did a cool fight. <laughs> I liked it. I think it was cool. And... Overall, I understand the gripes of this Finn arc, but to call it movie-destroying and make it drop like 45%, I think that's just stupid. And for the rest of this review, if I wasn't nerdy enough, we're going to go, I'm going to go even more nerdy because I love all the Force and Jedi stuff that is talked about in this movie. And while all of this whole, the military side of things is going on, we have the Force plot with Rey and with Kylo Ren, exploring the duality of both of these characters as they both have a struggle with the light and the dark side, wanting to find their purpose and build up their own destinies and like figure out who they are as people. Uh, for Rey's side of things, she meets up with Luke, 
And again, I think I mentioned I love the sass that's in this movie. And we get two years. Two years we're waiting after Ray shows that lightsaber to Luke. And what's going to happen? What is he going to do the first thing when he grabs that lightsaber? And he just flicks the lightsaber over his shoulder. <laughs> I absolutely, uh, that was hilarious. I, and it was just like, it really establishes Luke's character as just someone who's really tired and beaten by the force and these lightsabers and the Jedi. And he's like, oh, I've seen all, I've seen all of these things. And they really, and they hurt him in the long run. And they broke him down. And now he's sick of all of it. So he just sees the a lightsaber coming back to him. And he's like, no, I got into this island and isolated myself to get away from all of this. And it really flashes out Luke's story of being a broken man. As he failed the next generation of Jedi. He sees the true nature of the Force being a balance of light and dark. So he says he vows to kill the Jedi Order. Because being completely light doesn't is not the right approach either as we see from the prequel movies that being having so many jedi and like so much light side power going on it's what ultimately led to their hubris and their destruction in episode three and the scene that that luke has when he's talking with ray about what the force is and how it is the balance within everything really sets up that duality, that struggle that both Rey and Kylo have as they both have that light side, dark side, shifting balances within themselves. And it, I just think that the way force being explained as a magic force of nature makes way more sense than midichlorians. <laughs> and just never think that midichlorians are a thing ever again. And gonna branch off and save some time instead of repeating the plot of the movie go over just some awesome moments i really liked uh the luke and ray uh melee fight without lightsabers that was really cool uh and then the way <laughs> luke stopped himself with the force and he doesn't fall down all the way uh just yeah that was a cool little bit that we saw uh the evolution of force powers in this movie like there's the hyper there's the light speed tech evolving which was crazy and there's the force power abilities that are evolving which were crazy like seeing how snoke is able just to move people from a whole who knows how far away he was at the time but like we haven't seen people <laughs> been tossed around the way he just tosses general hucks around from that far away before that was crazy and then you see you get closer moments of him and it's like he's super powerful but we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about snoke again and then Ray and Kylo being able to communicate and see each other across planets. Like, whoa, that's crazy. That's huge. Uh, and the standout force power of this movie was Luke's force hologram. Like, oh, <laughs> he made objects that were tangible. And I loved the reveal when you see. You like when he when you see Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill show up to crate where they're having that last battle. He shows up, and he's wearing his Episode Six look. He's got the black, the black garb, the clothes, the robes. He's got the same hair from Episode Six, but he's just an old dude. And I was like, first, first, it took me back. I was like, hold up, you, 
you got fashioned up, you dressed up for this, and you got a haircut, and then you showed up. But then when you find out it was a force hologram, I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense <laughs> because that was like the that was his force projection of himself. It's like this was him in his prime, and oh, it just looked so cool. And like it just shows that Luke really is like the most powerful Jedi. Like he was able to like create tangible objects that people were holding on to and to create a tangible lightsaber that would like clash like oh it was so cool and okay yeah <laughs> i just really like that the reveal uh not not so much force powers just other awesome moments the reveal of who snoke and ray were this probably is another huge gripe that a lot of the star wars fans wanted to give it a bad review for worst movie ever right no i, I don't agree and as much as people love their theories and how pissed about how all of them are wrong, I love it. I love how <laughs> I love the reveal that Snoke is actually he's nobody. He's not the Emperor clone. He's not Darth Vader that's come back, whatever other theories that existed. And it's just it's just I think that's a better callback to the original trilogy, because in the original trilogy, the Emperor he shows up. He's not anybody. The Emperor is just this one-dimensional force of pure evil. That's all he is. And we see that for this new trilogy, that that's what Snoke was. And nobody knew who the Emperor was when the original trilogy came out, and it didn't matter. He was just evil incarnate, and that was his purpose. And personally, I'm happy they killed him off. Uh, we don't need a one-dimensional source of pure evil, even if it was the emperor clone that wouldn't have added any character development in terms of snoke and who he is oh excuse me he wouldn't have added anything who he was instead now we get a better villain we get a three-dimensional character with flaws and struggles of his own and he struggles with this balance of good and bad within himself and we're going to get to see that in its fullest potential in episode nine i'm really excited for that i really hope they handle that well and we get the answer to who ray's parents are supposedly i think it's the answer some people are still speculating that it's not the real answer i kind of hope that it is but i'm really i love the fact that ray's parents are nobody and it also makes more sense just within star wars like the force lore where the force is this balance of nature you don't need to be a skywalker or a kenobi which I kind of liked that theory that she was Obi-Wan's granddaughter. But you don't need to be of a bloodline to be the best. You can, like, the way the Force works, and you get that scene in the beginning with Luke and Ray explaining it, it's a balance between nature, and it just flows. So it can literally pop up in anyone, and I think that it's fine. And And you see that at the end, where it's like, the orphan kid like the right before the credits roll you see him start getting force powers which kind of leads into a theory i might have for episode nine like what if the, what if episode nine is all about random new people getting force powers okay i'm just I, it's still a theory i'm working on but either way um so it's just like the way the force is able just to flow through everything is like it makes way more sense we don't need the midichlorians. You don't need the genetics. You don't need 
You don't need any of that. It's just the force flows and some people get it. Some people get it really good. And back to awesome moments, following the deaths, the Snoke death scene, we get the most amazing and brutal and probably best choreographed action sequence in possibly all of Star Wars. Maybe. I think so. It is brutal. It is visually poetic. There's tons of like lore things within that fight. Like you have armor that can resist lightsaber cutting. Like we've talked like that's something that's been talked about before in the old extended universe stuff but i don't think we've seen that in a movie yet so seeing that in a movie was really cool their weapons whatever all these weapons are with this like electricity but lightsaber resistant electricity whatever all this is is really cool and we, we see heads go flying bodies getting grinded and the final <laughs> the final move the kylo ren the were just like through the dude's head and I was like, oh, that is so brutal. And I was cheering the entire time. And like, it's like people are like, let's go to Disney. I don't think Disney would have ever allowed something of that scale to be in their Disney movies, which is why it's like Disney is a parent corporation of all of like of Marvel and of Lucasfilms, but they're not the ones creating these movies. So it's not a Disney movie. It really is just a Star Wars movie. It is in its own thing. And to be forced under that Disney umbrella isn't fair. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we get the the Phasma fight, which I briefly mentioned. I really like that. We have the Kylo Ren and Rey team up. And right after they team up, they flip back to their sides. And that really establishes, like, Rey is a good, the good guy. And Kylo Ren is the bad guy going into episode nine i'm just really curious to see where this is all gonna go and then oh man i totally forgot like in the movie and i was i forgot it too where then you get that whole the salt planet you get the crate you get the battle on that planet where it's just like it is the most ragtag rebellion style land battle ever i think it was more ragtag than the original rebellion in episodes four five six and but yeah, this movie ends with a bang, especially with that Luke Force Ghost fight scene. Oh, there's, there's a bunch I didn't even talk about, but I love this movie. Uh, I'm going to save one of the cameos because it was really cool to see on the screen to anyone who actually did decide to hear all the spoilers without watching the movie. I don't blame you, but I'm just going to save that one cameo so that you can enjoy it when you see it. And... And it was really heartwarming. It was a really heartwarming cameo. But yeah, cameo. But regardless, I think I'm done. If you stuck around this long, I applaud you. If you just got spoiled super hard, I did warn you. And yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I didn't touch on. This movie was so big and there was so much going on. But I think that's all right. And always there's the question that comes up with new Star Wars movies. Was it better than The Empire Strikes Back? Was it better than Episode Five? And as of right now, I don't think it is. Um, again, <laughs> I kind of, <laughs> like in the beginning, I was talking about don't compare it to the originals. And here I am comparing to the originals. <laughs> but in my opinion, the way where all the movies rank, uh, episodes one and two are at the bottom for me. And then episode three. And then Rogue One. Because Rogue One... Like, the beginning is super slow. 
And although the characters are pretty cool, it's just they're not fleshed out enough because it is a short movie. But that ending, I am going to say that that ending, like just the third act, the entire battle that is the third act is amazing. And like, I wish that that rank on that battle, like in terms of battles, that movie wins with with that shit battle because that's incredible. But yeah, so Rogue One is there. And then following that, I think I have uh, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, so that episode four, episode six, and then The Force Awakens. I really like The Force Awakens. As much as it is a reskin of episode four, I think it does, it had an impossible task of like updating for the new generation and making it relatable for the old generation of fans, and it's just, I really liked episode seven, so yep that's me and then episode five is the number one and right in between those two so i think because i did like the last jedi more than the force awakens so i think right now my order is for the top three is empire strikes back is the first the last jedi is second and the force awakens is third and yeah that's all i have to say about these movies they're great movies um go see it if you haven't if you have and you, you're listening to this and you don't agree with what I'm saying, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. <laughs> and yeah, we're gonna. I'm going to see if I can make this more of an occurring podcast. It'll be all Star Wars all the time. No, <laughs> I'm probably going to focus, make, make this like every time I see a movie that I want to talk about, I'll just come back and talk about it and share my thoughts. Other than that, hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, Go see episode 8 if you haven't. If you have, let me know what you think about it. Talk to me. Send me a private message (laughs) on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I'm Tony Lednev. Instagram, I am Tony.LED.LED. Yeah, that's where I'm going to end it today. Have a good week, guys.